And when you look online, it says that happiness is a feeling that you feel based on success, based on something going well, doing well, being good in life. And I can't believe that's what comes up on the internet because it's false. And that's what we're taught since we're little. We're taught that if you're good, you're happy. That's how you feel. It, we have to change that narrative because um, happiness should never be tied to a promotion, success, a, a relationship, anything like that. It can't be based on tangible things. It can't be based on people and things that come and go. I need to stop living in my head and start living instead. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another week of the Living Instead podcast. There's so much good stuff in this podcast. I cannot wait for y'all to hear our conversation, so I won't make the intro long, but a couple announcements. I have a song, a Christmas song coming out November 13th, y'all. There's going to be a music video. It's going to be awesome. I'm just so excited for y'all to hear this song and you're going to have to add it to your Christmas playlist because I'm telling you guys not to toot my own horn, but this song sounds like a classic. Not going to lie. Everybody I've played it for, they're like, is that a cover? I'm like, <laughs> it is not. So make sure to go pre-save that now. I'm sure if you go to my socials at Olivia Lane Music, I'll have a link, a swipe up, something there for the pre-save of the Christmas song. What else? Oh, did you know that you can donate to this podcast? I nearly and dearly love y'all so, 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 so much. And I'm so glad that I can bring you these amazing conversations with people from all over the world about how to live a better life and any support helps, whether it's a review on Apple Podcasts, whether it's a 99 cent a month donation. Honestly, you guys, I will take whatever you guys can give because I love y'all and I just want to help you guys. And if you guys could help me help you and support this podcast, I can continue to go out and have these conversations and spend my time editing these podcasts. I edit them for hours and hours and hours and hours over the weekend so you guys can have some good good to start your week out. So go leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you can't financially support, please, please, please go leave a review on the Apple Podcasts because the more reviews we get, the more visible this podcast becomes and we can help other people live a better life and get out of their heads, y'all. All right, let's get to it. With over 462,000 followers on Instagram, my next guest has built a community promoting positivity, self-worth, and growth that leads to finding inner happiness. While enduring her own path of feeling lost and depleted, she realized her true calling was being a light in this world. Welcome to the Living Instead podcast, Dana Max. Hi, Dana Max. What's up? Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be here. I love your podcast. Thank <laughs> you. So you DM'd me the sweetest message and you were actually one of the first people who have wanted to actively be on my podcast. So you really made me feel like a big deal. I was like, oh my gosh, wait a minute. People are actually listening to this and seeing this is becoming real. Things are happening. So you yeah. just really made me feel good. Oh, you're so, you know what? You can't have fear. And people are like, oh, you ask. I'm like, I don't care what people think about that. I mean, if you're trying to promote something, whether it's yourself or your brand or your product, whatever, you have to put yourself out there. And what's the worst that's going to happen? Someone doesn't write back or they say no. A no can 
turn into a maybe can turn into a yes. That's the way I look at everything. So. Exactly. At least they know your name now. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. That's true too. Yeah. Right. I've actually had to get over that fear. With the first season of this podcast, I was like, I feel weird like reaching out. I don't want them to think that I'm being icky and gross, but I really have this purpose that I want to talk about. And I really genuinely want to talk and hear about people's stories. And I think when you start with a genuine root of where you're coming from and a purpose, I think that's when it really makes sense and people really want to be a part of it. And I think with your community that you've built, you figured that out. Thank you. It, it's taken time. People don't believe me when I say that I've had the account for almost six years, six and a half years. It takes time to build things. And people are always messaging me saying, oh, I have a new account. How do I get to 460 something thousand followers? And it, it really takes time and consistency. And you have to hear what people are saying to you without compromising yourself. So you have to be true to yourself, but you have to hear what your audience is saying. And it's like driving a car. Sometimes you go a little faster. Sometimes you have to pull back a little bit. It's a very steady balance of riding the waves of life and building a brand. Well, you've figured it out and that is definitely on the right path. So just want to clarify your account for everybody listening is at the Be Happy Project. And if you guys do not follow it, you need to go follow it right now because it will interject so much light and positivity into your feed. And you guys know that I have been a big advocate for cleansing your feed. When you log onto social media, you should make social media a safe and a happy place for you and mentality-wise. And especially right now, during this election, during a very chaotic year, it's really loud on social media right now. So now more than ever, Go interject your feed and cleanse your feed and make it somewhere where it feels safe for you. But Dana Max, I want to jump into your story. So let's start with pre the Be Happy Project. Let's start with what led you to building this empire of positivity. Yeah, it started with a failed dream. And so when I was a little girl, probably about seven years old, I was always sketching and I knew I wanted to be a fashion designer and I knew I wanted to have my own company. And very few people can say from an early age, they knew exactly what they wanted to do with the rest of their life. So I was always on that, that dedicated path. I knew it in my gut, my bones, my heart, my soul. And um, I went to FIT for college. I actually took classes at FIT in high school before I even went there. It was very competitive to get in. They accepted like 250 students for fashion design out of thousands. So it felt like, um, all right, like I've got the talent, they're recognizing it, I can do this. And it, all it takes is like hard work and effort. And I've got that too. And I graduated from FIT and then I started working in design for Betsy Johnson. And then I love her. Oh I my gosh, that was like my eighth grade dance. Everyone wore Betsy Johnson. <laughs> just incredible human. She treated everybody exactly the same way. And so I got to work with her one-on-one -on -one and it was such a special experience for me. And after that, I went and worked in design for Marc Jacobs. And when I was working at Betsy and Mark, I moved back home with my parents. I was like 25 years old, did the totally uncool thing moving in with them. And I wanted to save up all my money so I can start my own company. And so I did. And with my own money, I started my business in 2007 called Dana Max, which was my first name. And it was a women's fashion company. I had it for almost a decade in New York City. We had the showroom on 7th Avenue. I, I did everything myself. My heart and soul was, this was my baby. We were, we ended up being in every publication, every celebrity, um, stores across the U.S. And, and worldwide, but I could never get to that next level because I was not funded by anyone except for myself and my parents. And unfortunately, the industry is a lot about who and how much money you have. 
and I didn't really know that many people and I didn't have much money. I was doing it all by myself. And so I had to make a very difficult decision in about 2015. I had to close my business. And two years before that, I started the Be Happy Project because I knew I was probably going to end up having to close. And the decision to close was not an easy one. I felt like it was just this 25-year love affair that I was having that I, it felt like I lost the love of my life. The person had died. And that's the only way I can say how it felt. And the grief was so magnified. I felt like I was drowning in pain and I lost my identity. Everything in my life was tied to this passion and purpose that I had. And not for a second since I was seven, did I think I wouldn't have my purpose. And I went through a lot of talk therapy, years of talk therapy, and figuring out that I was shocked. My happiness was always tied to my business. So if something was great, if I had maximized on my success, I felt good. I was happy. But if it went by an opportunity that was lost or someone rejected me. I felt really miserable and sad and emotional. I couldn't believe like, how could that person not see my value and worth? And so I learned from that experience and I started the Be Happy Project because you have to learn how to be happy in this moment. And so the last five or so years, I've been in a place of constant contentment and peace, even when things rattle me or I get rejected or I miss an opportunity, you know, I had to focus on a plan B. And so you have to relearn yourself and reclaim your life. Wow, there was so much in there that I want to unpack. So similar to you, I went through a season where I actually, I honestly don't even remember other than maybe when I was little and on stage and I just did theater because I loved it and I loved the attention. I don't remember a time until recently where I didn't tie my worth to what I did. And I don't know if that is a Western concept. I don't know if that's a world concept. I don't really know where that stems from, but I do know that I was a victim of that, as were you, where one day I'm on the road and the show is great and the people loved me and it was amazing and I'm totally on cloud nine. And then the next day I have a crappy show. Nobody shows up. I'm in the depths of despair. And living your life like that, it broke me. It broke my psyche. It broke my heart. I always grapple with this. Was it losing myself or did I just never know myself at all? (laughs) Yes, I love that. And I think it's a little bit of both. I think, and I know you can relate to this, when you have what feels like your dream and purpose since you're little and you're dedicating your life to that, it becomes who you are. And I think, you know, as a musician or for myself as a fashion designer, I named my company after my first name. So I was always under this perception that everyone viewed my success, my failures as me, Dana Max. That's my company name. I don't think I'd ever do that again um, because I was so emotionally, it made it even easier to be emotionally tied to that thing. You're not alone in feeling this way. I think a lot of people, and I've learned this because I was researching happiness now for years. And when you look online, it says that happiness is a feeling that you feel based on success, based on something going well, doing well, being good in life. And I can't believe that's what comes up on the internet because it's false. And that's what we're taught since we're little. We're taught that 
if you're good, you're happy. That's how you feel. It, we have to change that narrative because um, happiness should never be tied to a promotion, success, a, a relationship, anything like that. It can't be based on tangible things. It can't be based on people and things that come and go. And so we have to find daily inner happiness within ourselves or else, like you said, you live a miserable life. It's true. Yeah. And for me, I think realizing how highs my highs were and how lows my lows were, I was like, wait a minute, what is the middle ground? There has to be some sort of middle base level of peace where maybe it's not so high and so low, but it's, it's a little bit more even. Is there a common through line that I can find? Is it a discipline? Is it a tool? What am I missing? I constantly felt like my world was just shaking all the time. And I just had to find my balance as it went and just keep going and keep chugging along, keep checking the boxes, keep doing what everybody else told me to do. And you can get caught up in doing just the status quo because things get so crazy and rocky and loud and, and confusing. And especially in your early 20s when you're getting out of school and you're trying to figure your life out and you're immersing yourself into a completely different dynamic than a given community when you're at school. I never really knew to give myself grace at all. I think my parents really instilled in me, keep working harder, go after what you want, chase it, dream it. If you can dream it, you can do it. And and I'm just this kind of workhorse when it comes to that sort of thing. But yep. my character plus the events of just running myself like crazy and going through all of these emotional highs and lows really pushed me to the brink of, wait a minute, ooh, my body actually broke down. Just like your business broke down, my business broke down. Yeah. And that's what I always felt like if being creative and being a designer was who I was. And so I think it's a few things, but I think it's expectations that hurt us. You and I are very similar. We're type of people who will go after our dreams, who work exceptionally hard to achieve something. We know we have a level of talent within us. And in a world where everything is public, so when you're in fashion, you're in music, you're in acting, whatever it is, people's perception of you defines who you are. And then you're pushed into the business sales side. So you're being molded into this thing that people think they need that other people want. And so it's very easy to lose yourself. And I agree with you. It's a mix of losing yourself and not knowing who you were to begin with. And so expectations kill us. And I think also we just have to manage the waves in life. And that's what it comes down to riding the waves of life. And that's what I've learned how to do. So like you said, you want to find this centered balance instead of everything being this way and down and these extremes. And that's what happens. We get so caught up in the emotional, physical, mental, spiritual extremes of our life. And how do we get to this middle ground that's a safe place? So what was that for you? So you're in therapy, you've realized you needed to make a change in your life. What were those little by little things you realized that got you to that baseline, that middle ground? Yeah, so it took me many years to figure this out and to really understand what happiness meant. So I learned that happiness really is collectively, it's just moments of joy. And so how do we start appreciating moments of joy and seeing moments of joy in front of us? And that's through a few things. One is through gratitude. So practicing gratitude every day. So every day I wake up and I have a morning mantra. I thank the universe. I believe in God. So I thank God for everything that comes to me that day and whatever is not supposed to be 
for me, I let it go. I release it. So I practice gratitude. Practicing the art of non-attachment is very important. It's very easy for us to become emotionally tied to things and our heart space gets consumed. Our mental space gets consumed and practicing non-attachment. It doesn't mean that you don't care about something and it still means that you can actively and be proactive about whatever it is that you want to achieve in life. But it's it's detaching yourself emotionally in a way. So it's creating this like barrier, this buffer between you and that thing that creates a sort of an armor, a protective space. So you can hear all the noise, but you're not consumed by it. So it, it takes a lot of daily practice, I think, to get to this point, but, and also practicing the art of the pause. There are times where people say things, there's someone's negative opinion of you, or you're not doing something right, or you have to do this better, or whatever it is. And just instead of reacting emotionally, it's how we train ourselves to, I think, practice non-attachment is so we don't get so emotionally wrapped up in something, we're able to just pause. Take a deep breath. I do a lot of breath work, so take a deep breath, practice breath work, practice meditation, um, step away from the situation so you're not reacting. And in that, you're teaching yourself, okay, I'm not reacting to everything that comes my way. It becomes like you're breaking this lifelong habit. And so you're able to now interface with people and things without reacting, without feeling something so strongly. And it actually allows you to open up your heart space and your creativity and your mind in such a broader way because you're not getting clogged by things that are toxic, negative, fleeting. And so it, it's, it takes practice, but it's such a wonderful place to be, honestly. It is such a wonderful place to be. And I, I do feel like I have finally found that emotions are great, but they're not something to get so uh, tied to. Yeah. I realized in my therapy journey that emotions were information but I was then taking that information and not actually reading it very well. I was just word vomiting all over people. And as an artist, I got confused because I was like, I'm creative and I'm emotional and I should be emotional. Like I, I should have no filter. That's what a true artist is. I'm realizing that is not true. That is damaging. And I was damaging my relationships acting out of that place. Yeah. And emotions are amazing. You should absolutely process them, live with them, be in tune with them. But for me, acting on them in the moment was a huge mistake. So many people do that and we don't realize that we're, we're actually trained and wired to do it as a way to protect ourselves and wear this armor. But it's okay to be emotional. And I think the best thing you can think about in that moment is feelings are visitors. They come and go. So you can unpack that emotion, you can cry, you can laugh, anger, happiness, none of it is that different from one another. It's all the same. It's how you process that emotion and express it. So unpack it, let it sit there, let you can hang out with it for a little bit, but I guess it's got to go. So it can't live there. So <laughs> that's the thing we got to focus on is that feelings are temporary. There's nothing to be afraid of when it comes to a feeling. Let it sit there, let it be with you and then let it go. I love that. Yeah, I think of my heart and my head as hotels that only have so many rooms. I love and when, that. I never thought of it like that. When they are completely full, I get burnt out. Yep. I know when I'm starting to feel like I'm detaching from my work, from things that actually fill my cup, I know that there are probably some unprocessed emotions or unprocessed things that are just overstaying their welcome. Yeah, it, it, that's what it is. We allow our feelings to overstay their welcome. 
And it's a mix of things. But I think once you navigate all these different areas, you end up finding so much joy and peace and contentment in life. And so when not every day is going to be rainbows and bunnies and butterflies, but there's a way to navigate through that. So that way you can still feel at peace inside, no matter what happens. And things have happened in my life since five years ago or six years ago, where bad things happen to good people. That's life. We plan for life. And the universe laughs and does something totally different. And so we have to be able to learn to go with the flow. We're all here temporarily. And so we have to be able to exist in this moment. I want to go back to what you said about goals and expectations, because I had this little breakthrough, I think, actually, for myself. Yeah. And it's so hard to sometimes delineate those two things and see them as two separate things because I feel like I always hear, no, it's really great to set goals, but just don't too, be too attached to them. And that seems like such a contradicting, yeah. so then why am I going for this goal if I'm not attached to it? Yeah. I'm just having this mini breakthrough of, no, it's both. We, we live in a world where we want it to be black and white. Just tell me what I need to do so I can figure it out. It's both. Don't get attached, but also set goals. And I can see how that's so complicated for some people because in that moment, I was like, that doesn't make sense. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> now that I have these like therapy lenses and the spiritual lenses that I'm looking through, it really is both. And I was having a conversation with a friend the other day and she was saying, we love to live in absolutes. We love to live in, this is black, this is white. And so what if something's gray? What if, there's, what if there's multiple things at play right now? And what if there's actually just genuinely a mystery behind it? And all you can do is just to try and find that peace and that attachment as much as you can to not be so unhealthily tied to whatever it is you're tied to. Yeah, and I think it goes back to emotions. And we have to be able to step away from something, but also engage at the same time. It's a very fine balance, but it is definitely doable because I've been doing it for years now since I learned this method, which has been so much better for my mental health and my state of mind. So and my heart space. But even now with the Be Happy Project, I reach out to people or I go after things because that's still me. I've taken a lot of the skills that I have from my first dream and I've incorporated it into this this opportunity for growth is what I like to call it because I don't like the word dream anymore so um, you can still dream and be creative but everything in life should be an opportunity for growth and that's what I've learned there's no such thing as failure it's, it's an opportunity for growth and so everything I do is for that purpose and so if I reach out to someone or I'm someone reaches out to me and I'm connecting with them and it feels really good and then all of a sudden they're like yeah no I'm good Instead of getting so tied where my being is tied to that thing, I'm like, it's okay. It's all good. No hard feelings. It's all good. Maybe it's not going to work now. Maybe it will work next year. Whatever the case may be, I then just release it. I, I, and the minute my mind goes to that space again of, Dana Max, you're, you know, you're not good enough. You're not worthy. Well, the second it goes there, I'm like, you know what? I, I'm still worthy. I'm still of value. And so if this person doesn't see it, the next person will. And so I release this thing. And so I'll create another opportunity. And that's what I do. I literally move on from it. I don't allow it to create a home within me. And that's what it is because we all have what I like to call the asshole roommate in our heads that like to tell us we're not worthy. That's why that person is rejecting us or whatever it is. No, we are still worthy. You are still worthy. It does not matter 
what that other person says to you. Okay, they may not see you of value right now, but that's okay. There's, there's a million other people out there. There's a million of other opportunities. It doesn't matter. So you have to release it. Don't let it nestle into your mind and bury itself there. Yes. Do not let it overstay. It's welcome. <laughs> Do no, not. Exactly. Like show at the door. There it is. Bye. See ya. <laughs> and let it go. I think that's where, especially myself, I still struggle with it, but not as badly as I did about two years ago and lots of years of talk therapy and everybody listening. You guys know I talk about how amazing therapy is and a good therapist. Make sure you find a really great therapist and try on a few if you don't feel uh, like they're the person for you. But that moment of letting that negative thought in if something happens, the thought of Olivia, you're worthless, it comes into your mind. And that moment of what you do with that thought, do you actively say to yourself, that's not true? Or do you entertain it? Yeah, and I exactly. think that's where I'm starting to realize that's where the discipline comes in. That's where you have the opportunity to either find your happiness or find your despair. Yep. And that's where you're practicing the art of non-attachment too. Yes. Yes. That's where that comes into play because you're not attaching yourself to that negative voice. That negative voice is what creates sometimes negative expectations or unrealistic expectations or negative scenarios that haven't even played out that we're creating in our minds. That's where the non-attachment happens. Such a powerful moment right there where you can tell your negative voice to leave instead of stay. And I'm not speaking of people who suffer from mental health issues. I'm talking about people who go through life, who have a choice, who have the ability to not stay stuck because it's a totally separate group of people I'm talking about. And so the people who have that choice in that moment to remove themselves, we have the power. The power lies within us in our ability to create boundaries within our own minds. Mm, that is so good. Well, we were talking briefly earlier about changing the narrative to a lot of things, a lot of statements that have, they're very popularized. Be yourself, chase your happiness, do you. All of these things that I feel you see on hanging on people's walls or in restaurants and it's beautiful, but I always look at those things and I'm like, man, there's so much work behind those statements. Yes. <laughs> there are so many narratives that need to change and so many things yeah. that need to be unpacked and deconstructed behind such simple words. And I've had a lot of conversations about even the word happiness, mm -hmm. where it's chase your happy, find your happy. It's finding your happy takes work. It takes yes. the, the, the powerful moment we were just talking about. It takes work, just like it takes work to do anything. But I, I wanted to get your opinion and your take on this whole happiness is an end goal. Like you do all these things and it's an end goal versus no, it's an ebb and flow. It's a daily practice. It's a, you have the opportunity to do it every day. Have you encountered that? Yeah, I get so many messages from people through the Rehab Project who are really struggling with how do I find happiness, this long-term happiness. And I don't chase anyone. I don't chase people. I don't chase things. Like I give you one or two, one chance, two chances max. And then that's it. I move on because there's a difference between being proactive and chasing. When you're chasing something or someone, that imbalance is leaning more towards that thing. And so it, it's becoming imbalanced. You always have to remain centered and balanced. It doesn't mean 
you know, knocking on someone's door, an opportunity, but it, it means to know when you need to move on from that thing or that person or that opportunity. And again, it, it may not happen right now. It may happen next year or years from now or months from now, but it's okay to release it. I don't chase anybody. I don't chase anything. And when it comes to happiness, you shouldn't chase that either because you have to find it in the little moments. So waking up, I'm here, I'm alive, I have this moment right now, I'm looking out my window, I see the sun, I see the trees turning colors where I am, it's, it's becoming fall, it's beautiful. And so taking in little moments will allow you to open up your heart space for bigger things and bigger moments of joy. And that's what creates long-term happiness. And, and I think the other thing people do is that we tend to put um, numbers are everything in our society. How much you weigh, what age you get married by, you should know that what you want to do with the rest of your life by 20, like all these things. It's such a horrible, disgusting thing because just because you're 20 doesn't mean you need to know what you want to do with the rest of your life. I mean, I'm going to be 40. I still really have no idea. Or get married by a certain age or have kids by a certain age. Like, try not to to follow what everyone else is doing because then you're going to get trapped and stay stuck in this negative narrative in your head as well. And there's going to be this voice that's, uh-oh, you're almost this age. You haven't done this by this age. You don't know who you are. You don't know your purpose, your life plan, whatever it is. You don't have a family. You're not married. And it like starts to build. And I just, I don't buy into that stuff. I never have. I'm almost 40. I got married really late in life, like 30, I think I was like 36. I had a kid at like 37. And people, when I was 30, were like, oh, you're going to have old eggs. You're going to like not be able to have kids. And I was like, oh my God, there are people who are like 20 who can't have kids. And I know people who are 45 and just had a child. So just eliminate the noise. You know what I mean? Between our negative minds and outside voices, there's just too much noise going on in our society. And we have to be true to ourselves and listen to our intuition and our instinct um, and trust ourselves. And it doesn't mean that everything's going to work out and everything's going to be beautiful and amazing, but it means that even if it isn't, we still know who we are. We can ride that wave. And, th and that's what it comes down to. Whew. Preach, girl. <laughs> Preach, girl. You don't know what I'm talking about. I can tell when someone understands what I'm saying. So I, I feel like I'm having tiny little mind explosions as you're talking. I'm just like, yes, yes. I love that. I love that. <laughs> the other thing I don't want to forget to say, which is also really important, and it goes back to the work you were talking about that is, is involved in almost anything in life. Marriage takes work. Our professional growth takes work. Getting to self-love takes work. I, I also don't love the word self-love. Because again, I think that puts a lot of pressure on us and people make it seem like it's so easy to achieve and it's really not. So I always say you got to do the self-work to get to the self-like. That's where the magic is, the self-like. Who cares if you never get to self-love? You got to get to self-like because if you don't like yourself, other people aren't going to like you either. And it doesn't mean that everyone has to like you because that's not how the world works. But you have to still be able to stay rooted and know who you are and live in your truth if someone doesn't like you and say, okay, you don't like me, that's okay. I release you, I release that. That's not for me. And I still know who I am. I, I, I love myself, I like myself. Whatever term works for you to get to that place so that you know yourself and you have value. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks of you. Yeah, that was pretty much the reason I started going to therapy. I, I remember being out at a bar and no one wanted to talk about what I wanted to talk about. And I asked myself, why does nobody like me? Mm. And I realized I didn't like me. 
That was one of the hardest days. That was like six months into my therapy journey. I was like, oh. Yeah, but you know what? I have to tell you, it's amazing that you were able to get to that place. How old are you? You're 20. 29. Okay, so when you're 29, I know how I felt. I was like, oh my God, I feel so old. And even though I feel this way about myself and I'm on this path to liking myself and valuing myself, I feel like I'm not there yet and I have so much ahead of me. But in reality, the truth is the fact that you were able to even say to yourself, I'm the person who doesn't like me is amazing because it's not until we get tired of our own shit, and excuse my language, where we actually do something about it. And we act as the change in our, our world. So the fact that you did that is the biggest step you can take. It's changed my life. It's taking accountability for my own happiness and taking accountability for the changes that I want to see. And even the small fact of if people don't like talking about what I want to talk about, then why don't I just go figure myself out, but then find people who want to talk about what I want to talk about. Why am I making this so hard on myself? Because if I know who I am and I know what I love talking about and I can back it up with an authenticness and a genuine, genuineness, is that a word? I don't know. I make up words on here all the time. But a genuineness, then people will naturally come into my life. I was so stressed out. Like, how am I going to find people who like me? The more I worked on myself, the more people came into my sphere just naturally. I, I, I barely even had to work on it. And that was the magic that I was like, whoa. Yes. Happiness is from within, just how you preach. It is. It totally is. And it's that you, if you can get to that beautiful space of remaining centered and finding contentment and peace, no matter what, which way the boat is rocking, because there's going to be waves, there's going to be storms, there's going to be beautiful blue skies, there's going to be all of that, but you have to remain anchored. And that's what it is. And it, it really does take a lot of work, but it is so possible. And people always say, oh, that seems impossible. It seems like too much work. The amount of time you're taking to complain or fall victim to or feel miserable, okay, you can spend that much time finding happiness, finding joy, being at peace, finding contentment and living such a beautiful life because we only have this one life and we have to make it our own and it can't be dictated and defined but why other people think is of value what and that's what it is like and I, i've also learned you can have a plan b it, it's okay you can dream another dream it doesn't mean that you have to stay stuck in your past our past is there to teach us so we can move forward and so there's so much beauty in that yeah, there is so much beauty in that. I remember getting to that point too. I feel like that was another chapter in my therapy session where I had to let go of what I thought my career was going to look like. I had to let go of the images I saw in my head. The I had so much attachment to it. Like it was going to happen this one way. And it's, what if you were just a songwriter? What if, God forbid, music just isn't your your calling? And I had to sit with those, not let them get me so down, but I had to have an honest conversation with myself just to realize how unhealthy my attachment was to this one tiny little pathway that I had marked myself down and how many doors I was shutting in the process, how many beautiful doors I could have opened by just letting go of that attachment. 
Yep. It, it's so true. And I've learned this even, I remember recently I was getting so worked up in how to take the Be Happy Project to the next level. And I, I was feeling frustrated and I started to notice, wait a second, this is not making me feel good right now. And so I just let it go for about a week or two weeks. I didn't even like work on anything related to the Be Happy. I was still posting and doing what I had to do, but I wasn't taking that extra step to take it to the next level. And I just let it go. And I was like, maybe whatever, I'm still going to have this, even if it helps one person and it goes down to one follower or one life, who cares? I, I've, that's all that matters. It will still be back to what it was. It doesn't have to be more than what it is. And in that moment, things changed. And all of a sudden, opportunities came. And I believe in the law of attraction. If you can practice the art of non-attachment, things will come into your life because you're holding space for it. You're not putting everything you have. You're not being consumed by this one thing. And so I truly believe in it. And there are moments where I start to feel now I'm more in touch with my body and I start to feel like I'm getting a little worked up. I'm getting attached or I'm getting really frustrated. And before it gets to that place of really frustrated or really attached, I, I sense it and I walk away, put it down. I just put it down and I come back to it in a week or two weeks. Who cares? You know what I mean? It's, you're still going to be okay. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. I know. I, I need to adopt the, eh, who cares? Like it, it really is such a beautiful place in your mind to go to where it's, I could be very attached to this and emotionally attached to this right now, but honestly, who cares? Like I'll, I'll come back to it. It'll get done. It, it'll, their life has a way of working itself out. It really does. And the amazing thing is, and it's not this like, eh, who cares? Now I'm going to sit on my couch for years and not do anything or whatever it is. You, you can go back to it. And then it's just allowing yourself the time and space so that we're not restricted by, you have to do it by X date or by a certain age or anything like that. Like knowing you're still going to be okay, whether or not this thing happens, because then it actually does happen. Because we're not utilizing so much energy to create this thing that like we're working so hard at it and it's just, we're spinning our wheels. Actually, like we're allowed to put it down and all of a sudden the, the universe starts to bring things to us. It's such a beautiful thing. I really can't recommend this way of living enough. I know. I know. And it's not the mainstream. It's not what you're on social media. It's not what you're on the news. It's totally the opposite so you have to declutter your mind and the noise this is a lot like i'm recently a new foster cat mom oh so cool i love that yes thank you it's very new for me but a lot of <laughs> go with me here I'm, I'm working the metaphor out in my head as i'm speaking it because <laughs> that's what i do but a lot of what we were just talking about of just letting it go like i want her to love me so much and she's just not about it like cats are very much, if you give me love, if you give me too much, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> leave me alone. I'm going to scratch you. I'm going to bite you. And I'm like, okay, yeah. all right. I'm just going to leave you alone. I'm just going to let you come to me. And then the other night, it's been about a week and a half. The other night, finally, I was laying on the couch, just minding my own business. She comes over and she cuddles right next to me. And I was like, oh, See? this is the feeling. <laughs> Don't get to it. Just let it go. Let her go. Let her do her thing. And she will, and the universe will bring her back. Like, Maybe she was going to cuddle you for 0.2 seconds and then go back to being who she is. And that's 
okay. And the same thing that happens with my toddler daughter. Like I want to get like those kisses from her all the time and those hugs. And I want her to be super snuggly. And like, I just learned very early on, she's only two and a half, but I learned very early on that like, she's not that kid. And so I can still show her love and say, can I, may I have a kiss? Do you want to give me a kiss? But that's also teaching her how to respect herself and her boundaries. And so I've put like a spin on it instead of feeling like, why is she not loving me? I love her so much. It's, you know what? She does love me and this is her way of showing it. And it's also teaching her boundaries. And so it's all good. Just because she's not showing it in the way that I expect again, it goes back to expectations, expect her to show it to me does not mean that she doesn't love me. Oh, this is so good. Wow. (laughs) My mind is like, so what is the future? What are the next steps for the Be Happy Project? So we, I'm always, this goes back to how I was in me, how I made my former business successful. And again, success is subjective. And I like to always tell that to people. And I've learned that even um, today, but I take the skills that I had and I've noticed that I still use it here in the Be Happy Project world. And we do have a lot of really awesome things that we're in the process of working on for 2021, especially. And I think it was like riding the waves, but I don't like to harp on it a little bit because it's, who knows? And again, it goes back to life has its own way of doing things. And so we have these cool things, who knows? We'll see. Either way, I'm going to be good. The Behave Project is going to be good. We have such a wonderful community of people. And whatever is meant to be, will be. I trust the universe. I love that. Okay, we're going to finish this podcast out. I want to give people an opportunity to get to know you a little better. So I'm going to do, it's going to be like a lightning rapid fire. I'll say the first part of the sentence and then you complete it. Okay, first word and then I complete it. Okay. Yes. So my favorite meal is... Okay, I love like cashew butter, almond butter, <laughs> <Peanut> <laughs> butter. not a meal at all. But, yeah. oh, I love, right now I'm obsessed with almond butter on dates. Ooh, I have not tried that. <gasps> Girl, change your life. It'll change your life. It's like a healthy kind of dessert. I'm trying not to eat as much sugar. And as- yeah, me too. Yeah. That sounds so good. Good. Okay. I will definitely take that into consideration. <laughs> <laughs> Three things I never leave the house without. My wallet, although that's not true because I've shown up places without my wallet, but I try not to leave without my wallet, my keys, and my MAC Lady Danger lipstick. I've had this for 20 years. It's like my go-to thing. I feel naked. It's beautiful for all of you guys listening. She's got this like beautiful red lipstick on. It's gorgeous. And a mask. And mask. That's like the new 2020, but a mask. A mask, yes. Yeah. Uh, oh my gosh. People are, this will be archived in like years and years later. People are going to be like, man, like whenever they drop the mask in the podcast, it's so crazy <laughs> to think that's what they went through. Anyway, my favorite kind of music is? I honestly, music is my soul. I love music. It changes my mood. So honestly, whatever mood I'm in, I have a playlist for every different mood, everything I'm going through life, um, everything. I love music, everything. Oh, I love it. How about most recent playlist played? What kind of mood? So I love um, Londrell, L-O-N-D-R-E-L-E. Um, I'm actually having him as a guest on um, my Instagram live. I love his music. I don't know if you're familiar with it at all, but it is, oh my God, you guys have to check him out. I've been listening to it for years. It's all about self-love, abundance mindset. It's incredible, powerful stuff. He's so talented. Please check him out. Yeah. I absolutely will. Yeah. 
My if I were a superhero, my power would be. Ooh, I just would want. I'm very intuitive with people, and I really pick up on people's energy. I was really quick short story. I was in a train station once, and I just picked. We were waiting online. It was a long line, and I picked up that this person was a bad person, and I felt like he did not have a ticket and something bad. He he wanted to do something bad. I didn't know what it was, and so I just. I was like, who knows? I hope he's what I think he is or not. But like, I went over to the police and I said, listen, I think I just get a bad vibe from this person. Please check him out. He ended up not having a ticket, trying to get on. Like my intuition was correct. And the police officer came over to me and said, thank you, you're a hero. And I was like, please, I, I can't even believe that you're saying that to me. I, I am not a hero. I just want to keep people safe and protected and I just got a bad vibe so that would be my intuition my energy on people it's yeah like heighten it like super heighten it yeah yeah I would want to like take that to like some other weird level yeah that is I that would probably be my superhero too yeah or my my superpower I love it yeah Yeah, I love it too that way we would make the world a better place and keep the kind people going and yes something I would tell my 21 year old Something I would tell my 21-year-old self is. Ooh, girl. <laughs> just girl. <laughs> I don't know. Girl uh, with those eyes. Girl, just like look her up and down, girl. <laughs> yeah, that. Just, you know what? It will be okay. And you, life is going to be beautiful and magical. It may not be the way that you think it will be, but it will be beautiful. And then last one. Happiness to me is just collecting moments of joy, living in contentment, finding peace in everyday life. Yep. Love. I so enjoyed our conversation. I honestly cannot wait for people to hear this and listen to it over and over and over again and to go follow you. So tell everybody all of the skinny on uh, the Be Happy Project. Yeah, so we're on Instagram and Facebook, but primarily Instagram, and it's at the Be Happy Project. And I am always so blessed by anyone who joins our wonderful community. It's just filled with really good people, honestly. The the people that message me, it just blows my mind. Everyone is on a path to finding, I would just say, self-worth and growth and just being okay in life. And it's just a wonderful place to be. The safe, I try to make it a safe space, too. Love. Thank you so much for taking your time today. Thank you. I really, I was like so excited to like share this time with you and really I'm so grateful for it. And you're incredible on so many different levels, like (sighs) your music, your being. And now that I've gotten to like get to know you a little bit better, really, please everyone check out your podcast and like, (laughs) and please continue just for the betterment of this world, continue on the path that you're on to enlightenment and, and growth and everything. Just amazing. Yay. Oh, thank you. Thank you. If you want to know more about Dana Max and get some good, good interjected into your social media, please, please go follow her at the Be Happy Project. It is so good, y'all. Every single morning I wake up and there's this beautiful quote that really fills my day and fills my cup. So go follow her. And if you want to follow me, go follow me at Olivia Lane Music. Don't forget to pre-save my Christmas song. It's called Feeling Like Christmas. And what else? Oh, duh. I hope this week 
Sincerely, nearly, and dearly, y'all. It's a crazy time. So I hope this week you get out of your head and start living your life instead. <laughs>